0: guys through practices and they're doing skills and drills on their on their own right now uh, with a couple of you know some of our uh, graduate assistants Uh, they've been in the weight room had a great week in the weight room last week and had a few skills and drill practices last week just to stay sharp with our schemes on both sides of the ball and now this will be an opportunity for us to continue to develop those things as well as an opportunity to uh, start up practices next weekend in our bowl preparation and then playing in the bowl game what a awesome opportunity that's going to be.
1: There's a quick word from the University of Oklahoma head football coach, Brent Venables, talking about what's been going on there, Um, staying sharp with some easy practices. Um, It looks like he's been out on the recruiting trail, right, making some – some in- in-home visits, yeah. if I if I see that correctly on his Twitter lo- timeline,
0: he was in uh, Utah yesterday visiting Tassili Akana, who is a top 100 player. And miraculously, today during Locked In, people were all of a sudden freaked out about his size and how small he looked next to Miguel Chavis. Miguel Chavis is six foot five, and he's a former defensive lineman at Clemson. A lot of people look small compared to him. Even high school uh, high school seniors who are top 100 players in the country. So quit freaking out about that. He's a good player.
1: Where'd you see that picture?
0: Uh, I think Cecilia Kana himself tweeted it out.
1: Okay, um, I need to check it out because I know the feeling. He, I was in the uh, the coaches' offices the other day and ran into Coach Chavis and. I felt like a toddler standing next to uh, <laughs> Coach Chavis. So, he's
0: massive, man. Jeez. I'm not
1: saying I'm not saying BV is a huge dude or anything, but um, Coach is Chavis is 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 gigantic. Yeah, you know, Coach Venable's is what is it? he's got to be? He's got to be close to fifty years well, old again, now. Again,
0: that's a D. That's a former D1 linebacker at Kansas State. He's not a small human. I'm trying. I don't know. It's just it's. Almost as if some people want to freak out about anything. It's two weeks from the day is National Signing Day, uh, Part One. I don't know if people are just getting nervous or what the deal is, but God, I like what I said during Locked In was: Look, Brent Venables always appoints himself to one guy. Apparently, each recruiting class, like I'll take point on this one. Let me go after this guy. Yeah, and you got to be a dude for Brent Venables to appoint himself to your recruitment, right? Yeah, uh, I and hey, regardless of what you think about him this season or what happened, we can all admit that he knows how to evaluate talent, defensive talent, right? So just hold on, just your you're, Akana is probably going to be a good player. If if yep. Brent Vittables is saying no, I'll make sure uh, I'll go recruit this guy. I got point here.
1: Yep, he he is. I think that he's got a chance to be to be special. He's really athletic. Um, he started off as a corner. Way back, whenever he was still living out in Hawaii, um, so he's got great like movement skills, uh, good ball skills, and he's continued to get, you know, taller and taller. He's probably what six four now. Has great length, good long arms. Um,
0: he's not much shorter than Miguel Chavis in this pick. Thanks for sending yeah. it again, Burly Boomer. I mean, he's definitely taller than. Brett yeah, I'm Bittables. looking at it. Yeah,
1: I'm looking at it. Yeah, he's he's probably. He's probably 6'4", and, you know, I, my only, it's not, it's not really much of a concern, like, it's the only thing that I would, and I'm not even knocking him, it's, I'm curious to see how he develops, is, I I, I thought he was going to have, like, a much, like, a, a thicker structure to him by now, and. I wonder when that's gonna come or if it comes because sure. like I, if it does I project him to be like a 64 250 plus pound edge guy and um, you know he's still got like a, a thin thin bone structure to him at this point right now um, but they don't seem to be worried about it at all and they would know better than I do uh, you know the the great thing the, his the best thing about him is his movement skills. Yeah. Like, he, it's basically like whenever you have a, uh, like, you remember whenever they were talking about um, Anthony Davis, whenever he was at Kentucky, how, you know, he was a guard and then he added all of that size and he took those guard skills with him uh, to the front court and that's what made him such a great prospect. Well, I kind of think it's the same thing with Cecilia Kana. He started off as a corner and continue to grow and grow, but what makes him such a great prospect at at edge is the fact that he's been able to carry over some of those movement skills from play, playing those different positions. So, and Cecilia Kana's
0: bowl cut is cooler than Anthony Davis's unibrow. Yeah. Surely we can agree with that. Bringing back uh-huh. the bowl cut, let's go, Cecilia Cona. For those of you that don't follow recruiting that closely – the kid we're talking about is the number one player in Utah, top 100 player according to 24/7 Sports. Feels like OU's sitting in a pretty good spot for him two weeks before signing day. So there's the cliff notes of that one. Yeah. Um, the cliff notes of the transfer portal is, hey, I get it. Like there, there's certain a there, there's definitely a certain section of the fan base that just doesn't want to hear it right now, Teddy. Don't sell it to me. I don't want to get my hopes up. I've gotten my hopes up, and those have gotten crushed, and I'm, sure. just, I'm not going to get there again. But there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about the improvements is about to make to its roster, especially on the defensive side. I'm talking about in recruiting, and I'm definitely talking via the transfer portal. And if yep. you want to talk about individual guys, well, let's start with Deshaun McCullough who was named as an All-American. I believe it was a freshman All-American. ESPN has him as the number two overall player in the portal available. 24-7 has him as a top ten player in the portal currently available. And you said something earlier that was like, whoa. You think that his addition could mean like, he might be the best player on defense that OU has next season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you disagree with that?
0: Um, as I scan down the roster, I do think Billy Bowman's got a chance to be that guy. But yeah, I, I think that he could be in consideration for that. He's a yeah. proven commodity already.
1: Yeah, that's that's the thing. Proven commodity. Um, he he's been coached really well. He um, obviously his dad is a coach at a high level. So with that being the case, like, he's, he's been through the ringer, you know. He's, he's young, but he's incredibly athletic. He's been coached well his, his whole life. He carries that, that tool set with him already. You know, he's listed at 6'5", 230. I don't think he's quite 6'5". He's probably 6'4", a good solid 6'4", 230 pounds, 4'5", kid, um, you know, you could you could put him all over the place. Uh, the, the instant comp is in this defense is Isaiah Simmons that Venables had at Clemson. I mean thats, that's who reminds you of. yep. Um, he's not quite uh, the athletic measurables aren't quite where Isaiah Simmons were, but they' still they're still excellent. You could play him at edge. you could play him at Cheetah. You could play him at Mike backer if you wanted to. Uh, you know, he's he's got that type of skill set where you could put him pretty much anywhere. It, and this is his first year playing. You know, he played this year at Indiana, and he had four sacks, which, you know, puts him right there with anyone on our team. Oh, yeah. Uh, production-wise, <laughs> what, do we have a couple? I think what Downs and Reggie Grimes had four and maybe four and a half.
0: Yeah, Reggie Grimes got those early too, man.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if you just if, if all you care about is production, well, it's right there. Um, but, you know, he he, he has a deeper skill set than both of those guys do. Um, those are Ethan Downs and Reggie Grimes are, are hand-down defensive ends. Um, this kid can play anywhere on the field for you defensively.
0: The outgoing guys versus the incoming guys, or at least the rumored incoming guys, um there's a big difference. OU has around, I think, 15 outgoing players in the transfer portal, and like, who's going to be the most highly sought-after player? Maybe Theo Weiss, out of that group? I mean, you yeah. get the point. There's just not going to be a lot of outgoing players from OU that Bama and Clemson and Miami are going to try to get in. Um, but the incoming players that OU has coming in, are, again, at least the rumored ones, yeah, there's a lot of high-profile schools trying to get these kids. Yeah. There and look, I understand they were six and six last year. This this haul of a, of a recruiting class and transfer portal guys does not instantly make you a ten win team. But I feel pretty comfortable saying that the roster will be improved after signing day and after right. this transfer portal cycle. I feel very comfortable saying that.
1: Yeah, well, I do too. I feel very very comfortable and. Again, we don't know these things aren't guaranteed and new things are, are popping up. Will pop up each and every day. There'll be new there'll be new, new portal guys and there'll be portal guys that perhaps you felt good about that go somewhere else or or guys that you didn't feel good about that all of a sudden have a change of heart and you do. So it's hard to really say anything concrete, but the early feeling on some of these guys makes you feel very strongly that we're going through a we're going to have, go through a pretty good roster upgrade over the next 6 months
0: especially defensively man um i i feel like the strength well, of what you I think offensively get, too I do, no i do i think offensively too but i think the strength of what you're going to add via the portal is going to be on the defensive side but yes you'll you'll get good mm-hmm. offensive players
1: I, I i i think there's a i think there's a really good chance that you add some really good offensive linemen as well.
0: Uh, Well, yeah, I hope so. They're, 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 they're definitely shooting their shot at wide receiver. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. They, they offered um, Dante Cephas, the Kent State wide receiver that we like so much. Sounds really like, good player. Sounds like he might go to Colorado or Penn State. I'm really hoping that they can find a way to pull that Dorian Singer kid out of Arizona. That would be a nice get.
1: Yeah, he's a uh, –
0: All-Pac-12 second-teamer uh, this past year.
1: Yeah, good player. Um, he's, you know, he's not going to be the biggest wideout out there. Like, one of the things for me is I I want – that's why I like Cephas so much because he's an NFL – he looks like an NFL receiver. Yeah, like, he does. Like, just what you think of instantly. Uh, but Singer is a highly productive kid. He's a, what, 1,100-yard receiver. Um, you know, he's not – he's not small – He's listed at six one one eighty five. Um, I I feel like that's one of those uh, you look at it kind of sideways 6'1", numbers that they that they have him listed at. But for Cephas, he's a good wideout.
0: Or uh, no no, no Singer. for okay. Singer. Well, I, I saw that Cephas was listed at 6'1", yesterday, and maybe I I, I, don't, I I thought he was a little bit taller than that, but
1: he feels bigger than that. He really. And does. sometimes you just never know. Uh, he feels bigger, and Singer feels smaller, but um, regardless, both incredibly productive players, and if they're able to bring in Dorian Singer, um, a legit 1,100-yard receiver from the Pac-12, that's yeah. that's a big-time get.
0: I uh, I do worry about that one a little bit, just because, you know, hey, it's an all-Pac-12 second-teamer, the numbers speak for themselves, he's in the portal, <laughs> What kind of offers are, is he going to get? If you know what I mean? Um, yeah, he'll and, get and some would, good ones. And would, and would OU like go that route with this uh, with this guy? I don't know. But he'll I don't he'll, know he'll, much get about it. He'll, he'll like, get some good offers. I, I know that much. In I.O. wise,
1: now his his birthplace is listed as Saint Paul, Minnesota. Now I don't know. That doesn't mean that he like grew up there and went to school there. Because I'm wondering, like, is he a West Coast guy? Like, is is that where he's from? Is he going to stay out west, or just kind of? I'm not sure what his background is. You know,
0: at least hey, but, I, I, I like going, uh, trying to go big at wide receiver. Um, yeah, I I I think that's great. Talent, talent, up, uh, a roster too. upgrade, and that's that's definitely what they're uh, shooting for right now. And there there uh, there's a thought that even you know. We throw out Austin Stogner, we throw out Braylon Presley, we just threw out the name of two receivers, um, the McCullough kid, Deshaun McCullough, but apparently there's some names that maybe we don't even know about yet that could be in play. I don't have those names, yeah. but there's some out there. Yep. Allegedly. I don't either,
1: uh, but we will, um, we'll know quickly, All right, what's the deadline?
0: I don't remember what the exact deadline is for the portal. I feel like it goes a few weeks, and then, like I said earlier, there's yep. one after um, spring ball, which if you're really going to have a talent upgrade on your roster, it feels like the better players are there the first portal like timeline versus the second time the, the portal's open after spring ball.
1: You know, it's interesting the um, the – The number one wide receiver is Dominic Lovett from Missouri. Number two is Dante Cephas from Kent State. And then there's uh, Dante Thornton from Oregon. And then Dorian Singer is number four from Arizona. And, yeah, if you're able to pull in the number four wide receiver or who knows the number two, but I I think he's going to Colorado. His – his uh, his off, his head coach, his off- his head coach yeah. is going to be offensive coordinator out there. So, right, and with what they've got going there, you feel pretty strongly that that's probably what's going to happen. But, yeah, I don't know. Real quick, fascinating stuff. Tell me what you yeah. think about
0: ESPN's rankings of uh, quarterbacks in the portal. Devin Leary transferring from NC State is one. Spencer Sanders is number two. DJ Uyunglele is three. Austin Reed transferring from Western Kentucky is four. Davis Brin transferring from Tulsa is five. Hudson Card is at six, as far down as I'll go. Nick Evers is at ten, if anyone cares.
1: Um, I thought Did I I thought I saw that the the Tulsa quarterback wasn't going to transfer after I all. I think,
0: wasn't that a different Tulsa quarterback? I don't, uh, I don't maybe think you're it right. was Davis Brin.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe Now that I think about it, I think you're right. Um. Yeah.
0: But Spencer Sanders Man, listed I'm, as the second best quarterback that's in the portal. Uh, yeah, he's gonna land in a higher profile program than OSU, most likely.
1: What's interesting is I'm on two four seven sports. Uh, Transfer portal, and it was it was last updated um, three minutes ago, and it doesn't have Spencer Sanders in here at all.
0: That's interesting. Well, I know he like, hasn't officially listed. picked a, uh, chosen a destination yet.
1: Well, I know none of these guys have. There's a, the only one that's, that's Cade McNamara is the only one on here that's committed somewhere. Everyone else doesn't have anything. Hmm. Like that's that, interesting. That's a
0: ranking or just a list? Maybe they don't think as highly of uh, Spencer Sanders.
1: Well, it's a ranking, but I'm looking at the top 20 like, the last one on here is Jack Tuttle from Indiana and Deacon Hill from Wisconsin, like Haynes King from A and M. He's better than those guys.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well.
1: So. He'll he'll I don't he'll know. he'll thought, he'll be all right
0: regardless of where he's ranked. Spencer Sanders will be okay.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush. Coming up, hanging out at Newcastle Casino today. Keep hitting the text line, 651-3439. We'll be back. The word
0: is spreading, and the Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network, and worldwide on the KREF app. Fowler Auto Group is proud to be a part of your community, where our passion and values... It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. You know, Louisville made a new hire today. And I got to say, I love the hire from Louisville. It's a former player. It's a well-known head coach in college football. And it's a guy that has, well, one of our favorite audio clips of all time, Jeff Braum. Yeah, come on down to Louisville, baby, Jeff Brom. I love that so much. That's, oh,
1: that's fantastic, amazing. <laughs> that hit he took, oh my God, he, he was. Died. It looked like he was dead out there on the field. Do, do you remember who hit him? Who?
0: He hate me. That's the only XFL defender I yeah. can remember. So that's my guess.
1: Yeah, I don't know who it was, but uh, pretty funny stuff.
0: Hey, um, no. I heard something interesting last night on my drive home. So there is a, you know, the Denver Broncos are really bad this year. Russell Wilson sucks. Uh, their head coach is not very good. Their GM's about to get fired. One of the hosts out there theorized that the Denver Broncos should totally tank next season. Tank for Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. Tank for the duo next year. Wait a
1: minute. Who should tank?
0: the Denver Broncos should tank next season for Caleb Williams and Lincoln because, as you can imagine, Caleb Williams is already, be talk- already being talking about as like one of those can't-miss quarterback prospects when he's available.
1: Well, aren't the Broncos tanking right now? Um, well, that's the thing. Which is I, I funny. Think, I
0: think they're so bad. They're actually not tanking, but it sure looks that way.
1: Here's what's happened. They are – Not tanking, but tanking at the same time. And the pick that they traded for Russell Wilson miraculously has turned into the number four pick as of right now. Like the projected draft order, the Seattle Seahawks are going to get the number four pick.
0: (laughs) They're tanking and they don't have a first-round pick. Yeah, it's
1: amazing. Oh, it's great. It's great.
0: Yeah, but Caleb Williams is already being talked about as, yeah, that's the can't-miss prospect that you're going to see over the next few years.
1: Sean- man, hey, we, we didn't get to talk about it, but, man, I noticed on, on Twitter over the weekend, I they, they came after Lincoln Riley pretty hard. Right? A lot of people from across the country, not just, obviously, Sooner fans were there in the mentions, uh, no doubt, but. A lot of the college football talking heads oh, yeah. from across the country well, were, mean, it, were weighing in. It
0: was just um, because that game was just – we've seen it so many times, right? Yeah. You know, everything's scripted in the beginning and everything's working out well in the beginning. But as the game settles in and adjustments need to be made and you got to make plays late and get stops late, he's just not able to do it. I, I, I just I've just seen that game. We've seen that game so many times so it was easy to make fun of. And there's actually a guy, I think from the New York Times, at the post-game press conference, basically asked uh, Shoe, "Hey, do you guys like teach your defenders to like strip oh. the ball away, or actually tackle?" And he did not like that question whatsoever. Yeah, oh, that's great.
1: Yeah, that was that was a bad that was a bad play, and it's one of those plays that just kill you as a defensive coach, whenever you watch it unfold in front of you, it's like, come on, guys. Like, what are we doing? Just just make the tackle. It's third and 19. Got guys running into each other. It was brutal. It was so but,
0: bad. Uh, the Coach 30 film review, uh, they got exposed. That. Yeah. yeah. If you're on that yeah. video, it, it was really bad. That guy. And it was really funny.
1: We've been on there a couple of times. We've <laughs> yeah. been on there a couple of Latrelle times. Latrell McCutcheon uh, was
0: on it this past video, which I know made a lot of OU fans happy.
1: Um, yeah, one other thing from that game. Is Kim Rising that dude or what?
0: Um, well, I mean, he de-committed from OU, never ended up at Norman, but he did OU a couple of solids this year. Man, yes, that yeah, dude. He is. He, is, he is that dude.
1: I like the way he carries himself he is a scrappy dude he can make some throws but I he is such a competitor and a much better runner than than he looks like you know he's got all those rib pads on and everything so he looks like a little of like a roly-poly out there but he can move man and he took that shot which was one of the best hits of the year, and he popped up laughing, man.
0: That was awesome. He looks like Jack Sparrow out there playing quarterback. Yes, that that's, mustache. A, that's a that's a great way to I, say it. I can't think of it any other way than that. In the post-game press conference, he was asked about Caleb's fingernails and what they said, and uh, he had a classic response that I cannot repeat. There's a few <laughs> F-bombs in there, but it was great. No, oh, hey, I, Friday was a reminder that college football is actually fun. It's not just all pain and suffering it actually yeah. is it actually is a beautiful thing. it was awesome. Well, you're we- your,
1: your welcome world. Uh, I took that in my ref Royal Rumble lock of the week and um, miraculously I think I went O for like the last five weeks <laughs> and still didn't get
0: last place. Uh, well, yeah that was me so yeah. I tied for it anyway. Yeah, man. I it it looked good early on, but how many times have you said that with a Lincoln Riley coach game? It just goes to crap in the final half.
1: So what was the deal with the hamstring with Caleb Williams? Like was that legit? You know, I saw him limp over to Lincoln and Lincoln said something to him and
0: Lincoln said he tried to take him out of the game, basically, and he or he said maybe he said even if I tried to take him out of the game, there's no way he would have come out of it.
1: Well, it looked like Lincoln said, "Are you okay?" And Caleb said, "Like, yeah, I'm fine." And then Lincoln was like, "Okay, we'll start throwing the football. All right." Like, it looked like he was mad at him. You know, like, if if you're gonna stay out there, let's see something then. You know, I I don't know. It was interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that's um, uh,
0: that's an interesting way to uh, go about it there. But hey, he was he was desperate. He knew, he knew he was going to get made fun of if they ended up blowing that game, and uh, they did. Um, ESPN did early predictions for all of the bowl games. Yeah. They have uh, Florida State winning 44 37 over OU. A true hey. made out there in Orlando. Yeah.
1: Hey, not bad, right? If we punch up 37 against that FSU defense.
0: That'd actually be, be, that. that'd actually be a really nice outing against those guys. Thirty-seven. Hey, let's baseball. just
1: keep it close. Is that where we are? Let's just keep it close. I,
0: you know, I, I tried to gauge the confidence level from the fans this week, and it's just not—it's not that high. I, uh, I, Good. Hope, I hope the interest level in attending this bowl game is higher than the confidence level. It just Orlando's a tough trip to make. I don't—I don't know what the turnout is going to be.
1: It will be. A regionally attended football game for Oklahoma fans. Yeah. If if you're an Oklahoma fan that lives in the Orlando area or in a place that has a quick direct flight to Orlando, you could see some Sooner fans there, but it's not I, I would be shocked if we had a mass migration of Sooner fans down to that descended upon Orlando. Uh, a day or two after Christmas to play in the cheese it So bowl.
0: you're saying on the third play of the game, when Drake Stoops catches a third and four for a first down, it's just going to sound like, Stoops.
1: No. It will still be a loud Stoops. I'm convinced that on the road, the the visiting fan base does it too.
0: <laughs> Florida it's yeah. Florida it's usually the loudest moment the of the game. It is. At Nebraska, man, it was like, golly, it was loud. Stoo- even at home games, when Gavin Freeman catches one, they still yell <laughs> Stoops. It's great.
1: Uh, you think whenever uh, Drake is long gone and Gavin Freeman's a senior out there, they're still going to be uh, giving the do chance? I
0: really think. I think you got to do it. Come on. A- I a- think? Every walk-on uh, w- r- wide receiver you get from now on, you, you got to do that. I know Drake's on scholarship now, but he came in as a walk-on.
1: We haven't talked about it, but – I, I think Drake Stoops is going to come back, and I think that's a good thing. I think that Mims is going to come back. I think that's a good thing. Um, but we also, like, we got to get better at wide receiver. And, you know, we may make something happen in the transfer portal, but that's that's not going to be a guarantee. The, the Petaway kid that's coming in is an absolute stud in the recruiting class, but
0: and you got two freshmen I, that you're hoping take that step as well. You know, that's
1: what I'm saying. Like we need Nick Anderson healthy, and we need uh, Jaden Jane Gibson. Gibson to take that step, uh, mature a little bit over this offseason. Or, or you know, I don't even have to say that. Finish this season strong, maybe with a with a bowl opportunity or with those bowl practices, and he needs to develop this off season and and come back and turn into a. Not, not a contributor. Like, he needs to turn into a star. I think he can be.
0: Uh, around 200 days until kickoff, and uh, Teddy is already disrespecting Austin Stogner in the passing game next year. Unbelievable. How? Oh, you didn't even mention him as a, as a someone who needs to have a big year in the passing game. Totally well, looked over Stogner.
1: No, I said that, you know, we could make some additions there. I, you can't count on any of that. we got to have some development within. Stogkowski would be a nice addition. Um, whether it's the uh, the kid from Arizona or or Cephas from Kent State, if you could pull that off, like maybe you get a, a nice addition from the portal at wide receiver as well. Like those things are going to be gr- would be great additions, but as of this moment, you can't count on that. You need your on roster guys to start showing up.
0: Uh, thirteen to two. OU. There's a score prediction. Very Ooh, nice. I be, like that. If OU's up thirteen to nothing late, should they do a safety on purpose to make it thirteen to two? I know that we're living in a uh, <laughs> in a reality that might not exist, but right. take the safety on purpose to beat him thirteen to two again. Um, Patrick says OU side of the fifty yard line, two thirty one per ticket. FSU side at the fifty yard line, six hundred and fifty per ticket. Dang, really? Okay. Guess they are going to show up there.
1: What is that? Is that true?
0: I I have no idea. It's just what Patrick sent on the text line. How He'll do we know what?
1: How do we know what side each is going to be on?
0: He probably doesn't. He's just looking at the price difference in the two oh, sides yeah. and saying, "Oh, that must be the Florida State side."
1: Yeah, that's funny. Interesting. Yeah. Well, um, either that or do you know what time the game is?
0: Four thirty Central. Beautiful. Maybe
1: maybe that's the Florida fans down there knowing that there's a side of the stadium that you need to be on. Uh, you know, whenever oh, the, sun so the sun is sun, blazing God, into the probably. stadium, probably
0: uh, even in December, that's probably the case. Yeah, four thirty in the afternoon, which I'll still take that over the nine p.m. Uh, bowl game in Arizona, local, and then I think even the Houston or the Texas Bowl was really late at night too. Four thirty, yeah. I'll take that one, even if it's on a Thursday afternoon.
1: Yep. Uh, all right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the Rush coming up. A couple of segments left here from Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107.
0: The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you this hour of the rush. Uh, A few texts on the text line. Austin in Savannah. That's right. Austin in Savannah says, bought my tickets already. Ticketmaster lists the sides and so does the Camping World Stadium site. So, because if you buy tickets to this thing, you know what's the OU and Florida State site. So, good to know. Nice. BV is developing a new culture. The guys will deliver. OU 37, Florida State 30.
1: Ah, 37-30, huh?
0: Jimmy and Duncan has a little bit different of a final score. 5-2 to two OU final. It's a bowl win.
1: 5-2. Okay. Someone's got a little World Cup fever, it sounds like. Forgot what sport we're talking about.
0: <laughs> Seriously. Um, by the way, I, I texted you Monday uh, during the show because the text line, I brought up the possibility of you mentioning it to Brent Venables to go off for right. Raylan Presley, and everyone's like, no, text him right now, this second. So I said, all right, fine. I'm going to text him, but just so you all know, I will get a response back, and it'll just be an LOL. Sure enough, I send the text. <laughs> I know you too well. I get an LOL back. But you did send something uh, interesting a couple of hours later after the LOL-only text. OU Signee Attrition Study, 2017-2022. to 2022. 2017 class, 48% attrition rate. 2018, 48%. 2019, 50%. Geez, 2020, 43%. 2021, 44%. 2022, 19%. I understand in the portal era, there's probably going to be more attrition than ever in the sport, but you can't be hovering around 50% every single year.
1: No. Nope. Uh, You can't. And, you know, and I, I think part of that, is obviously going to be, as time goes on, you'll probably lose more guys from the 2022 class, you know? I mean, that's just kind of how it works, more opportunities and, you know, guys that, you know, get passed over, realize they're not going to play or, or, or whatever may happen there. But um, it's a good sign early on that you're not losing a, a big group of, of the early, early uh, 2022 guys right now, so... Yeah, now it is interesting. And hey, the Braylon Presley deal—I, I think that think there is a good chance you could get um, one, if not both, of those guys.
0: Whoa, there's a little hint. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I mean, okay, look at this guy. Well, if you're
1: in-state guys and you want to play football in-state, and you know the hmm. transfer portal. Somewhere you go in from Oklahoma State, you've only got a couple of options, and if you could choose between uh, the University of Oklahoma and Tulsa, not to slander Tulsa by any means under the uh, the direction of head football coach Kevin Wilson now, I'd, I'd take the University of Oklahoma.
0: Wow. Throwing out Brennan Presley, and he's not even in the transfer portal yet. Guess I'll know oh. what to watch out for.
1: <laughs> is he not?
0: No, just Braylon is in the transfer oh, portal.
1: Okay. I thought thank, I heard the t- thank, maybe for someone, that. Maybe someone. Well, I think someone maybe just uh, gave like threw out the wrong name, and I thought they were. And after hearing that, I thought they were both in. So
0: hmm, let's see, Brennan Presley, number eighty. Let me see if number eighty's taken, and if he can wear that next year. Now that you told me that that's going to happen,
1: that's that's a throwback number. You don't see many eighty receiver numbers anymore.
0: Eighty to me is a tight end number. Um, Steven Alexander. Grant Calcaterra, I'm sure I'm missing a few others there. I think eighty is eighty the best number for a tight end. Let me think about uh, that. It could be. I don't know
1: any more. It's hard. Is it is it hard to take a skill position player seriously if they don't have a single digit or at least a teen maybe?
0: Ye- yes, and I'm not a big fan of uh, zero. Zero. So though zero was OU's best offensive player this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's just
0: not a very fast looking number. Zero.
1: What if I told you the, the McCullough kid from Indiana's number zero. I didn't
0: see that. that. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's so good that I am okay with it. Yeah. You wear whatever you want, dude. You don't even have to wear a number. We all know who you will be on the field.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird to see an 80, 85, whatever number out there at receiver. It's not cool anymore, uh, but now that you only have a handful of guys, it's kind of a throwback, and it actually looks pretty good. So
0: Royals wore uh, 85. He, uh, he made 85 yep. look fast. Maybe Teddy yes, was did. thinking of uh, Trace Ford, says the text line. Trace Ford is one of the players in the portal for Oklahoma State. Yeah, so's
1: the Cobb kid. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, he was ranked pretty he's he's ranked pretty high in some of these think transfer portal players available rankings.
1: Yeah, the one on 247 Sports I think had him as like maybe a, a fringe top 10, top 15 guy or here he is number 18. Um, but he's the top backer, I believe. Um in the portal as of right now. Good football player. And another
0: guy that wears number 0 by the way.
1: Oh, oh, really? Yeah. How about that? Can you do double zero, you know, if, if <laughs> that maybe, you have multiple guys in zero?
0: Maybe that's the real reason Eric Gray declared early. There weren't going to be enough zeros on the roster next year with McCullough and uh, all these other guys coming in.
1: Hey, listen, we appreciate your, um, you know, thousand-yard-plus season that you had here and, like, eight yards of carry. But, listen – This defensive guy wants to wear zero. Why don't you go ahead and hit the draft? (laughs)
0: Hey, it wouldn't be the most surprising thing I could hear out of Brent Venables.
1: Yeah. Well, I I don't know. The number thing is weird. We went from, like, nobody had any duplicates, hardly at all, to, like, there's – Essentially, seven numbers on a team that every single person wears, right? <laughs> well, like, did
0: OU at one time? Did they have their starting quarterback and a starting corner both wearing number six? Yeah, Trey Brown played in 2017. He started the the back yeah. half of 2017, right? So, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, you had your your Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and your start one of your starting corners wearing the same number.
1: Right. That's funny. Yeah. Well, you don't. I guess you don't ever have to worry about. Uh, your starting quarterback being out there on, uh, you know, punt return team the same time as a corner. So you didn't have to throw Baker Mayfield in one of the Velcro jerseys. And uh, if you did, though, Baker would have definitely picked the number 69 jersey. Oh, I no doubt. Number six is now wearing 69.
0: 69. I like uh, when I'm watching a random, college, really, mostly a random college football game, and they'll show the offensive line like breaking out of the huddle and here's a big o offensive lineman with his belly hanging out of the bottom of his jersey wearing number 69. It's like, yeah, I, know, I bet I know why you picked that number. You look exactly yeah. the type of guy that would pick that number. Belly yeah, hanging a, out.
1: There's a direct correlation between 69 is your uniform number, uh, Belly hanging out and mullet. <laughs> There's usually a mullet that goes with that.
0: Jerry Rice wore number eighty for crying out loud. Yeah, but yeah. Jerry Rice wasn't a tight end. That's that's what we're that's what I was saying.
1: Well, yeah, and that's kind of thing. It was, it's a throwback. I he wore eighty whenever every single receiver in the league was mandated to wear a number in the eighties. I think
0: eighty to eighty-nine. Yeah, that used to be yeah. a thing in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and then they started to allow like what. Is, was it 11 through 19 or 10 through 19, yeah, something was, like that?
1: Yeah, it was – I think it was 11 through 19, Phil, maybe
0: 10 was, was in Was Roy there too. Williams one of the first ones that got to wear yeah. his old 11, something like yep. that? Yeah,
1: yeah, he was. And, you know, because whenever – w- I was in the NFL, you at linebacker, you could only wear 50 or – in the 50s or in the 90s.
0: You should have been 99. That would have been sick. I know. Uh, Woody Washington but you already be, wears number zero. Dude, to, wear, to wear
1: 99 – You've got to be like 285 pounds. Yep. Or 99 looks really bad on you.
0: Unless you're Wayne Gretzky.
1: Oh. That's a fair point. Was that what number he was?
0: Uh, I think, yeah, the great one was 99, I believe. Okay.
1: Nice. All right, we got to hit a timeout. Quick break. More from the Rush coming up. We'll wrap things up next. Stay tuned.